we're not day traders here. We're not here in your retirement accounts to, you know, buy something today and watch the market and get out tomorrow. It doesn't, that's not what you should be doing with your IRAs. You have to be in there long term. It's time for the Retirement Reality Podcast with the founder of Principal Preservation Services, Mike Koyanen. Great to have you back on the Retirement Reality Podcast. I am Ben George. He is Mike Coyden, founder and owner at Principal Preservation Services. We're glad that you found the podcast. We're going to talk about uh, financial commandments today. We're actually going to lay out five financial commandments that we think would make sense if you wrote these down on a stone tablet, followed them hmm. with your retirement planning, really stuck to them. These are some really basic kind of guidelines to, to follow. We're going to lay these out today. With Mike, we got a couple of other things to do too. We got a mailbag question or two we're going to get to at the end of the show, so stay tuned for that. Always interesting to see what's on your mind and what you're thinking about right now in terms of financial planning or retirement planning. Also, a little getting to know you question as well coming Mike's way in just a second. But first, Mike, a little update on the office. I know last not too long ago you were updating your Hudson office, but now you've updated the Woodbury office as well, right? Yeah, time's flying by. It was a year ago we moved to uh, our Hudson office. We what, two and a half. An office that's about two and a half times the size of our previous one. So that was about a year ago, and uh, we've all settled in, enjoying this office over here in Hudson, Wisconsin. Uh, but our Woodbury location, we just just recently moved to an office space about the same size. We about did the same thing, about two and a half times the size of our previous location. We need more space. So we're in the same building. We're just down the hall the opposite way. And we have uh, a nice office suite that's something we're going to be in more long term, and so which is exciting. Uh, but it takes time, you know. The the moving you can't do it all in a day. We can get the stuff over in a day, but you know, getting things set up and the room configuration is different, and we have more rooms. And so I've been I've been the interior decorator and shop <laughs> and shopper, and uh, I do actually enjoy that actually. So I I decorated the old uh, this office in Hudson and. Uh, I I did the same there. Picked up furniture, picked out prints and and everything else for the walls as well. So it's taken time. So I've been spending a few weekends working at the office, doing other things besides uh, you know clients' accounts. Well, that's great news, and thanks for the update. And if you want to find out uh, you know where the offices are located, if you haven't visited them before, you can find them online, principalpreservationservices.com. We'll give you the addresses, but whatever is most convenient for you, Woodbury, Minnesota. Hudson, Wisconsin, not too far from each other, but you know whatever is most convenient for you to sit down and, and meet with Principal Preservation Services, they're there for you. And you're, you're taking in-person meetings too, right, Mike? I know some people are not comfortable getting out yet, but for those that are, you are meeting in person. Yeah, I would say about 90% of the people are still co- are coming in these days. We're st- we'll do a one or two Zoom meetings a week typically, but that's, uh, most people are over that and uh, they're comfortable coming in. Uh, still so and also back to the office is you know we're doing a, the pie pickup day here for our clients coming up in november here uh, right before thanksgiving so uh, for those who want to check out the office space you pick up the pie at the woodbury location or the hudson office but if you come to woodbury you'll be you know get to see kind of an open house and see what that new office space looks like love pie day that's always gets a big response doesn't it yeah we you know it's um it's amazing when people get excited about getting a, a free pie every year, but you know we, we enjoy doing it, and it's a good time to uh, just 
think about the things you're thankful for and appreciate and we appreciate our clients and have them come in have some cider have some coffee or whatever it might be and and hand over the pies and but just reconnect with with everybody is a, is a good time yeah it's a way to say thanks to everybody that's uh that's worked with you this year and put their trust in principal preservation services so it's always a fun time of the year i can't believe it's seems like just not too long ago <laughs> we were talking about pie day and here we are again setting yeah. it up so the year has flown by but uh, this is maybe a, a, an off transition because we we're talking about giving thanks but we're going to talk uh, in terms of our getting to know you question this week it's kind of along the opposite lines but mm. what's a place that you visited mike that you just never want to go back to yeah and that was an easy uh easy thing to come up with it was a vacation we took it was actually an awarded uh, vacation that we were awarded last year so we didn't get to pick the location but it was the Greenbrier in West Virginia and um, you know it's amazing you you look at the estate of the you know the property it looks amazing it's this uh, setback in several several decades and this is where the the government had a secret underground bunker underneath the hotel that most people didn't know. Well, it was a huge secret for several, several decades until some reporter actually broke the story and then they actually had to vacate the bunker and build them somewhere else where we don't know today. But so that piece was really interesting, the bunker piece underneath the hotel that they were able to, to build that without even the workers knowing and people knowing about it. Uh, was was great, but as for the hotel experience, not my cup of tea. <laughs> you know, the the hotel's getting old and having some maybe it's it's not in as best shape that it used to be. Um, as you know, the living quarters. Um, I'm not big on you know bright green carpet and green furniture, floral patterns all over in the room. You know, I'm. Um, it's just not something we we decorate with or have had that experience or bright pink or you know red and yellows all over in the hotels but i just put me up at the uh you know some of the some of these trips we've been on has been more i should say more uh, up to date and we're used to that this is just something we're just set back in time some and it just wasn't um and there was, wasn't a lot to do in west virginia i guess that's a big piece of it as well because you're out in the country yeah and it wasn't like we're part of a bigger city that if we want to get out and do something there really wasn't anything else to do they had a golf course um, there, which was great for those who golfed. Uh, I golf, but my wife doesn't, so we didn't do that. But we did horseback riding, which was beautiful. But as for the resort, not not my. I would I'd spend my money somewhere else. I'll say that there's plenty <laughs> other places I could spend my money. So you're not going to find any pinks and greens inside the new office there in Woodbury. Absol- right? <laughs> absolutely not. It's it's not. It's more what they call a shabby chic, maybe or farmhouse yeah. farmhouse looking. Interesting. I would never have guessed that. It just seems like a place. I've never visited it, but it um, just seems like a place that is held in pretty high esteem, but I guess they just haven't spent a whole lot of time updating it, They've and, uh, and it doesn't fit everybody, it seems maybe, like. And maybe it's a Midwestern thing. Uh, maybe it's because this is not how we decorate here in the Midwest, and maybe because it's maybe down south people just appreciate it more. <laughs> maybe that's it. That's, I didn't grow up in the south, so maybe that's something that's uh, – um, maybe more common down there. And- well, as a Southerner, Mike, I would say I, I didn't grow up with many pinks and greens either. So <laughs> okay. I think that's just a, maybe it's a West Virginia thing. I didn't grow up with okay. West Virginia. Okay, all right. We'll, all we'll right. leave it with those guys uh, for right. now. But yeah, well, that's interesting. Well, thanks for that that information. Um, I still I like to go see the bunker. I think the bunker sounds really cool. Yeah, try to play was. some golf, but I'll definitely uh, be very careful of, of where I'm staying and just be aware of what's going on. That's very 
Very interesting to hear. But let's get into our main topic today on financial commandments. Um, we got five financial commandments we think are worth being written down and really followed to a T. So we're going to lay these out and let Mike kind of explain why these are each so important. And we're going to start with number one. Thou shall not compare your investments to the stock market without the proper context. Right. And I, I assume we're talking about the first five uh, commandments on the left side of the tablet, right? Not yeah. the right side. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, that's the thing where people like, you know, they compare their their growth in their portfolio based off of what the market does. But you also have to base what is your level of risk in your portfolio? So you can't really compare that if you're in a conservative or moderately conservative portfolio. And you said, oh, the market's had the best uh, month it's had in, you know, 10 years and you've seen very little growth and you get disappointed, well, it's probably because you're in some very conservative holdings. You can't expect to get that same level of return based off of um, the risk you're taking on. If you're taking a lot lower risk, that means you're not going to do that, which is what you wanna see when the market's actually having some tough times. When the market's down, you're not gonna lose as much. So you have to, have to understand what, that's why it's important to have these meetings with your, with your advisor to find out what level of risk are you comfortable with? What are you actually going to invest with? You know, this is the level of risk that you're comfortable being in. So you can understand when the market does makes 10%, you're paced to make five or six or seven, depending on what your your risk tolerance is. And so uh, there's always a trade-off. So don't expect to get what the market does um, without actually understanding your level of risk. Well, let's talk about another aspect to the investing side. And this plays into number two on our list for financial commandments. Thou shalt not give up before giving your strategy enough time to play out. Yeah, retirement planning. And this is that you're, you put investing in IRAs typically in 401ks and 403bs for a few decades. And that's what it takes to actually have that money in retirement. So, yeah, don't uh, don't make a portfolio change and base it off of a month or two months or even six months. That's just not long enough to, you know, to look at it. We look at 2008. We had a bad year. I mean, the market lost 30 something percent, but we can't base the last two decades off of one year. And if we look at what the market's done since 2008, you know that's you know, we've had a 10-year bull run after that. And so if we made our decisions off of what that one year did, and that's unfortunate. Some people have done that. <laughs> they based their future retirement planning based off of what that one year did. And they pulled their money back out of the market, and they never put it back in because they were taking some deep losses, but they never got back in. A lot of people didn't. And so... Uh, you have to have time play out. We know market goes through ups and downs, but when it does come up, um, over time, it comes up and then some. And so it's keeping up and beating inflation over time. So yeah, don't, don't, we're not day traders here. We're not here in your retirement accounts to, you know, buy something today and watch the market and get out tomorrow, buy it today and buy, sell tomorrow. It doesn't, that's not what you should be doing with your IRAs. You have to be in there long term. Well, speaking of long term, and, and you get a little bit later in life, we've talked about this quite a bit, how your strategy needs to change as you get into retirement. So commandment number three on our list is thou shalt not chase big returns too late in life. Yeah, and I agree with that for most people. And and some people have, you know, when we do risk assessments for them and we show them what level of risk they're, they're actually investing in today and they come out aggressive, and I usually ask them, well, what is their risk tolerance today? I said, what, what is your comfort level for losses? And what I usually hear is nothing. I, I said, well, that's not reality because you're in the market. So, And they go, well, I guess I could probably 
handle a 15, 20% loss, but, and then I show them based off the, what the program shows them and their investments could be 30 to 40%. They said that's way above what their risk tolerance is today. So as they get older, you should be re-looking at your, your investment strategies and your portfolio to actually be in holdings that are actually going to be appropriate for you at that age. So keep making uh, you know those adjustments as we get older. Now, when you're younger, you have the ability to be aggressive and and take some chances on some um, some investments. And you know, myself at 48, you know, I've recently bought some even individual stocks that uh, were pretty aggressive and risky, and um, some have they've actually panned out <laughs> so far. Um, but that's something I would not recommend you know clients to do if they were. 60, 65, 70. And they also have to remember, you know, you know, if you're 63 years old and you're retiring at 65 and you're aggressive, I said, you, you know, what you have today, I'm just telling people what you have at 63, if you're retiring in two years, is probably 90, 95% of what you will have. So why are you taking big risks with your money when you don't need to for most people? For most people, they don't need to. And even if you, you are maybe behind the eight ball and you have uh, maybe you're you're short because of you started too late in life or yet divorce or whatever the circumstances might be. Um, you can't afford to be ultra aggressive later. What you need, might have to do is just work an extra year or two or three years to catch up a little bit without having to take on outrageous amount of risk because the downfall of if we enter recession, we hit a, a true recession and you lose 25 to 40 percent of your portfolio, you're going to delay things um, for a long time to catch up. So always look at your risk uh, level in your, your portfolios and adjust them based off age. Gotcha. So that's, a, that's number three on our list of financial commandments. Number four, you know, when we're investing and we're working with people, there's not, it's not free, right? Getting, getting help is not free. And, and investing in your portfolio, many times there's many different costs and fees associated with it that you're not even aware of. So number four on our list, making sure you're following these commandments, thou shalt not ignore costs and fees. Yeah, they shouldn't. They have to be addressed. A lot of people have no idea what the fees they pay um, in their accounts, um, especially if they're working with a brokerage firm or even 401ks. Uh, I know Tony Robbins, everybody's probably heard of Tony Robbins. He's out there, public figure and written a lot of books and He'll help you walk over fiery coals even <laughs> and things like that. But he wrote a books on 401ks and he, he found that most 401ks, the fees are one and a half to 4% built into their, the 401k platforms. And most people don't know that. And there's actually some programs that will decipher what the fees really are in those plants. But I'm just thinking of a client, Joe, um, who came over uh, to us a couple of years ago and he was working with a big brokerage firm that everybody would know. And uh, he didn't know what his fees were in his IRA. And we actually looked at the agreement he had with the brokerage firm. He found the paperwork and it said if his accounts were under 500000 so that's $499,999 or less, his fees were 4.5% in just typical mutual funds. That's what his fees were. And we found that in the paperwork. And it was like, boy, it's harder to get ahead, Joe, when you have to pay 4.5%. And then you have inflation's roughly another 3 So you got to make 7.5% just to keep up with inflation, just not make any money, just to your money keep up with inflation and pay the fees. So it's, it was really hard to actually get growth. He wasn't doing very well uh, with that. So you have to look at the fees. Also, a lot of these mutual funds, there, a lot of these, these mutual funds are kind of loaded with fees. Um, 
Casey just sat down, who's our investment advisor representative here, um, sat down with a client recently, and they had all these C funds, you know, C fund mutual funds, and most of these were all over 2% in fees. Um, and they're not, you know, so it just affects your actually net re- return. So that's important to, to go over, not gross returns, but we always want to go after net, after fees are taken out, what has these portfolios average over time and and one last thing with fees if you have variable annuities those are just really expensive typically we're seeing variable annuity investments to have about three to four percent fees i'm kind of more right in the middle three and a half because you always pay a mortality and expense fee over one percent typically a rider fee right around one percent sub account fees about another one percent those are the mutual funds inside of that sometimes admin fees on top of that so and you might even have a death benefit fee Uh, they get to be very expensive and we don't see people who typically have variable annuities have a very good average rate return over time because of those fees hold those accounts down okay got it so our final one on the list, um, as we go through our financial commandments, thou shalt not overlook the importance of rebalancing and diversifying. And this one seems very important considering the, the way things have gone in 2020. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people have their uh, portfolios automatic rebalance, or I think there's some companies, I think Charles Schwab has gone to these these robot type diverse, you know, this rebalancing and making changes on the fly automatically just with a computer program. Yeah, it's important to get a little bit more hands-on. It's nice to have everything autopilot, but reality is you want to actually relook at your your investments and do it properly. Now, when we talk about, you know, rebalancing, well, you know, you might be in a 60-40 plan, 60% equities, 40% uh, bonds, but do you really want to be in bonds in this time? You have to make that decision and sit down instead of just stick to the 60-40 plan and just rebalance based off of that, or do you want to actually... Uh, look at what are some better options than being in bonds at this point when interest rates really have nowhere to go but up. And we've just had all these bailout money helping people and businesses uh, during this whole coronavirus pandemic. We know rates are only going to go up, so that's going to affect bonds in a great way. So you have to be looking at that, and it just kind of leads to diversifying. Properly diversifying is important. We believe in the three-bucket strategy, risk, you know, a cash flow account, checking savings, you have enough money to cash flow for emergencies as well, and more guaranteed long-term investments, rather than just diversifying only in risk. We hear a lot of uh, comments come from our clients that came from their past brokers stating, well, my broker has told me that we are well diversified and that I shouldn't make any changes because they have 20 or 25 holdings in their IRA. I go, yeah, you have a lot of diversification in your risk bucket, but you're 100% at risk. <laughs> so if, if they can show you a diversified bucket that didn't lose in 2008, great. I said, then it's properly, it's a good good reason to be diversified, but they can't show you that. So what they're going to show you um, is just only, it's that mindset of being diversified and risk is the proper thing to do. But if you really want to have proper diversification, you need to have some money in non-risk investments, not to be able to lose in the down market as well. So we talk about properly being diversified um, for your situation and your age uh, coming in retirement or in retirement. So these are five financial commandments that I think you can write down, follow pretty closely and feel pretty good about the where, where you're headed to. But you know, always work on these things with a financial advisor, somebody that can help you build a, a plan over the long term and make sure you're being held accountable and staying staying true to these 
commandments along the way. Mike and his team at Principal Preservation Services can help you with that. PrincipalPreservationServices.com is their website. You can find all the information you need on their website. Plus, you can call the offices directly at 855-987-8888. we got time for a mailbag question or two, Mike, before we close out the show. And we always welcome people to send them in to us via the website. And we'll start with Sally. She says, I just heard that I can get half of my ex-husband's Social Security benefit. Is that true? Can I really take half of it away from him? Well, no, you can't take half of it away from him. So if you have the right to get half of his Social Security, now that's a different uh, thing. So if, if you're eligible, and not everybody's eligible, but if you are, it does not affect him anyways, and he doesn't have to know about it. He doesn't have to get permission. So uh, here's, here's the rules. You have to be married for at least 10 years to qualify. You have to be divorced for at least two years. And to get half of your ex-husband's benefit, um, you have to be, you would have to be born in 1953 or earlier. So if you're born after 19, you know, 1954 or later, you're not going to qualify to do so. That's kind of the new rules that went into effect in 2015. Um, I think I, it was at November 2nd, tw- uh, 2015. So roughly about five years ago that that happened. Now, if your social security is less than half of your, your ex-spouse and you're married for 10 years, uh, but you're older than 19, you know, you were born after 1953, so 54 or later, you will actually get extra Social Security to get half of his. So let's just say his Social Security is 2500 and yours is only 1000 Well, you, you're eligible to get yours up to get to half of what his would have been. So you would get the 1250 You're still eligible for that step up to 1250 half of his, if yours is less than that. Now, one last thing on this, if we're not hoping that your your ex-spouses pass away, but if they passed away, um, you're eligible to get 100% of his benefits uh, as a widow benefit if you're married for 10 years, divorced for two, uh, no matter what. So as long as you're not married at this time, you can actually collect his 100% Social Security benefit uh, instead of, you know, just the half option, or you might not even be eligible for the half, but you can get that. It gets to be a little confusing. The key is come into our office. We can run report and give you the exact details. We've been doing this for over six years now, uh, doing hundreds of free reports every year, giving you that information for retirement. PrincipalPreservationServices.com is the website. You can call them directly. Sally, uh, sit down and have that report done. 855-987-8888. So that'll do it for us here on Retirement Reality Podcast. We appreciate you listening to this episode again. A new episode comes out every single week. So make sure you hit subscribe. You'll have it downloaded directly to your phone to be able to listen as soon as we publish it. But we'll be looking forward to further conversations. But Mike, enjoyed this one. Had a lot of fun with it. Thanks, man. Yeah, a lot of good questions. I think good good topics. This is something that these are the topics that people have to uh, to dive into and it gets closer to retirement and in it just to make sure you're up to speed on that. Absolutely. So we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks again for listening to the Retirement Reality Podcast. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.